Blog Talk Radio. This is Kings of Non Sequitur. Any topic, any subject, anything goes. With your hosts, Jay and Dre. I'm Dre, he's Jay, and it is time for our Hall of Infamy Induction Show 2019 for the NFL, our football Hall of Infamy Show. Of course, the last show we did was our baseball Hall of Infamy Show, hosted by yours truly this year. It's going to be Jason doing the intros and the inductions for the football Hall of Infamy. Jay, you ready to go? I am. I am absolutely ready to go. I've had most of this list ready to go since the last time I did this back in 2017. It's hard to believe that two years go by each time, you know, between us doing our inductions, especially on the NFL side, which we've just discussing right before the show. We've been doing back since, oh, 2011, uh, which means that this is the ninth induction, the ninth go round. So I guess it's a th- we've been doing it long enough now. It's a thing. Yeah, before the podcast and, you know, even began. Yeah, and for the first three years of the blog, and uh, right, we did an induction, in fact, about a month before our first ever podcast, which was our AFC and NFC uh, shows uh, for preview shows for that season that we did back in the 30-minute days, uh, the dark days of the, <laughs> of 20, the podcast. 2013. Yeah, trying to... Uh, trying to squeeze everything that we had to into 30 minutes plus a 15 minute after show that we walked into by accident without even realizing that we had a 15 minute after show. Right. We didn't know that until the next year. Yeah. This was, this is, this is the kind of show with the amount of uh, non sequitur discussion that we have because we are the the Kings of non sequitur. And uh, this is exactly the uh, format we need is the longer format. You know, you can kick your legs back, spread out a little bit, expand on some of these stories gives each of us time to react um you know, so this is this will be fun the the mlb show that you did was fun i'm already well into my list for my next turn uh next year and uh it was fun it was funny uh story i was telling you right before the show is now we've been doing this nfl one for so long i have to keep going back now and referencing previous shows especially way back from the early portion of the first couple of years of the podcast and then the blog uh, to make sure that we're not like doubling down, we we haven't had that moment yet. I know we're, we're, it's been you know, close. One of us it's been has, close on uh, my end. Or one of us has put somebody in and then had the other person go. Uh, uh, he's in already. I already got him. Yeah, that 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 would that, be like us sitting around the table for our baseball draft, going through the ultra list uh, at the end when <laughs> you know there was a couple of teams that have a tendency to to nominate players that are already kept. That would be us. Yeah, take, no, yeah, he, he's kept. Oh, and then, uh, I remember one time it was like five deep. One team just kept going and going and going and going. And was um, like, is this guy gone? Taken. Oh, okay. Yeah. Oh, what about this? Taken. Oh, geez. Well, um, what about it? Taken. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, we're we're gonna have to. Uh, 
I have dedicated myself to to going through and creating a master list of the Hall of Infamy for us to both reference, you know, that so that we can just go to it and make sure, you know, and I haven't decided if I'm going to do it by year or if I'm going to do it by wing, because as everyone knows, our, our <laughs> NFL Hall of Infamy has has wings. We have the we have the Jim Mora wing of the Hall of Infamy. We have the uh, crime and punishment wing. Uh, we have the audio visual. So we have, we have people who are from like outside the sport who have somehow crept their way into infamy. So yeah, we, we, uh, we, we've got a, quite a varied list this year. Um, I, I have gone playoffs. Don't talk yeah. about playoffs. You kidding me? Playoffs. Honorary Jim Mora, uh, from right. the year where I believe it was 2015. That was two times ago for me when I started the, uh, quotes at the Jim Mora wing of the Hall of Infamy, where we inducted nothing but that year. I inducted nothing but famous quotes, which was another way for us to cheat our sort of only hard and fast rule here, which is you cannot put in actual Hall of Famers. Correct. Or players who are current who you'd suspect would be Hall of Famers. You know, we're not putting Tom Brady in the in the Hall of Infamy. <laughs> so much as we would want now, to. But what part of the fun is, is with having that pretty much being our only rule, is finding ways to cheat the rule. And this year, I am going to uh, cheat the rule in a way that you have cheated the rule multiple times by inducting uh, an inanimate object. There you go. So that has sort of become your move. Uh, You did that most famously with Brett Favre and T.O. The the T.O. list was quite extensive. (laughs) He had a hell of a list, man. It, he did. And if I, I mean, ever nobody, got all those items, whew, nobody, rocked, nobody rocked the props uh, better than <laughs> than T.O. And uh, I had already had George Teague on my list, which we discussed on that show. Uh, ah. But I believe we just de- I believe we decided that uh, in the exhibit for T.O., there would just be a picture of him getting jacked by George Teague, <laughs> like the backdrop on the wall. In front of all yeah. the items is is the you know a giant a, a giant uh, mural of George Teague just jacking up To on the Dallas uh, on the fifty yard line star there at Texas uh, Stadium. So I, I didn't get that chance to put him in, but he he would have been in on this go round. And but uh, since you sort of did the whole litany of To related items. Uh, I have decided to forego that and then and just uh, be happy with the picture on the wall in the in the TO exhibit. That would be quite an extensive exhibit. It, like I said, if I actually got my hands on that memorabilia, that would be all time. That, that would be I, the I ultimate believe, man cave exhibit. Yes, everything but the puke is probably attainable. <laughs> yeah, that I don't think I really want puke. that, but I yeah. but I kind of almost do. Ah, so. Might as well get started here. I've got uh, I've got my adult drink. I'm always good for that. Ah, all right. <laughs> you ready? I'm ready. Oh, all right. Cut out there for a second. So hopefully my audio is uh, pretty strong tonight. So we don't have any. Uh-oh. So hopefully we don't have any uh, blog talk radio gremlins or. Russian you've been perfectly or, fine. Am, am okay. I coming in and out or something? Yeah, you've you, you've cut in a couple of times, but not too bad. Just here in the last okay. minute, minute and a half. So yeah, it, it, it's Putin. Don't worry. 
Well, this is your baby tonight anyway, so it doesn't even matter if I'm being heard anyway. <laughs> Just be uh, be ready on the applause. I'll, I'll be ready. So, all right. I'm going to take. I'm going to get started here. I'm going to take us back in time. Of course, all of these are going back in time, although Mark McGuire would like to tell us otherwise, right? <laughs> He's not. He's not here for the past or, or any of that stuff. He's not here for any of it. <laughs> it is um, rather an infamous occurrence that what? in the year. Hey, that's not what I was trying to click. Get a... Come on, producer. You, you caught me off guard. <laughs> oh, sorry. I'm, I'm just testing you. I'm not here to talk about the past. You did such a good job having that one for the last uh, the last show. You know you made the exact same mistake on the last show. Oh, yeah, I did hit something I wasn't supposed to hit. Mark McGuire yeah. gets me messed up. Anytime you mention him, I get flustered. Oh, sorry. I'll stop talking about Big Mac. <laughs> that last Big Mac reference on the show. <laughs> All right. So uh, I'm going to start off going back here to uh, 2000 and – I'm sorry. Oh, man, that's my – I'm already off my uh, off my game here. We're going back to 1992. Oh, way back for this okay. one. Yeah, we're going back to 1992, and I'm going to be inducting the first inanimate object, um, an item that is synonymous with a team's failure. Although in in the overall, it is really more of just a footnote in history. But but at the time, it became sort of the the poster child item for the ineptitude of a franchise. And if you if you know where I'm going here, I give you full credit for this one. But my first induction for 2019, Thurman Thomas's missing helmet. <laughs> oh man, poor poor Buffalo Bills, losers of four straight Super Bowls. So Super Bowl 26 getting going here. We've got the Buffalo Bills fresh off the loss of wide right. They're back for a second time. They're seven-point underdogs facing the Washington Redskins. You'd think that they were back again. The moment wasn't going to be too big for them. They were going to be ready. You know, they're all they're all pumped up before the game. But oh man, chaos ensues after a quick Washington three and out and punt to the Bills. Thurman Thomas not on the field. He's their starting running back. He was announced before the game. What's going on? First two plays from scrimmage for the Buffalo Bills, a one-yard run to the backup running back, and then a Jim Kelly scramble for four yards, and still no Thurman Thomas. Eventually, Thurman Thomas makes his way onto the field for a third down play that results in nothing, and the Bills are ended up forcing to punt. The Bills, apparently, what you did not know, and what I did not know when we were watching the game, is that chaos, utter chaos, had ensued on the Buffalo sideline. Thurman Thomas, who famously, out of superstition, put his helmet down on the 34-yard line every game, could not find his helmet. And he is basically running around all over the place, and it is complete chaos. Marv Levy, the head coach of the Buffalo Bills, you think he'd be worried about, you know, I don't know, coaching the Super Bowl? is busy during this entire sequence lighting up the Bills' equipment manager, and it is complete chaos. As everybody on the Buffalo Bills' sideline is engulfed by this chaos of searching for Thurman Thomas's missing helmet. 
it, it could not have more of a Benny Hill Keystone Cops moment than an entire AFC champion franchise running around like chickens with their head cut off looking for the starting running backs. Hell, yes. They need to cut that if they have like NFL NFL films footage of everybody running around. You got Marv Levy yelling and you got players all running around and scrambling. Well, eventually the helmet is found all the way down at the end of the defensive bench. And Thurman Thomas finds it and eventually makes his way back into the game. Thurman Thomas must have been really rattled because Thurman Thomas, who had averaged 0.56 yards per carry for the entire season, manages to gain 13 yards on his first 10 carries in the Super Bowl. The Buffalo Bills dug themselves eventually a early third quarter 24 to nothing hole and scored a couple of garbage time touchdowns in route to a 37-24 loss and then ended up losing two more Super Bowls after that. But no more no moment more singularly other than the wide right moment in the first Super Bowl encapsulated a franchise that just couldn't get over the hump all the way. That Thurman Thomas's missing helmet. There's got to be a, a Twitter account for Thurman Thomas's missing helmet. If there isn't, I might go and create that. Uh, there's got to be overhead footage of all the seven million cameras they have at a Super Bowl, so they could potentially put that together. Everyone's searching for that helmet and put that Benny Hill music behind it. I'm sure it can be done. Someone's probably done it, uh, just entertaining themselves. Someone that works at NFL Films. Uh, yeah, that is a, a very infamous moment. Uh, Thurman Thomas misplacing his helmet at, during the Super Bowl. Like, you can't play without your helmet, dude. And somehow you managed to put it somewhere where you can't retrieve it to go play the game in a second. Can you imagine, we, speaking of Tom Brady, can you imagine some backup quarterback for the Patriots has to go hit the field to begin the second half because Tom Brady can't find his fucking helmet? <laughs> It was a simpler time, I guess, back in 1992. Um, but, yeah, you, you, you worked the whole season to get to this point, and you just turned over the other team on three and out. And you're, other than the 11 guys on the field, everybody on the Bills' sideline is tasked with trying to find the starting running back's missing helmet. I mean, there it is in a nutshell, folks. How how much worse does it get than that? The head coach is wrapped up, not in coaching the game. Not the game, not the game. We're talking about helmet. Yeah, that's a potential uh, Hall of Fame career sort of down the drains, not just because of that, but, you know, the the failures of the Bills uh, in and of itself. Uh, he he did make the Hall of Fame, right? So yes, he did. But but it's almost overshadowed a little bit because when you think of Thurman Thomas, you think of the Buffalo Bills losing all those Super Bowls, and you think about, hey, isn't that the guy that lost his helmet during one of those Super Bowls? So it, it's sort of a, a shadow over his career or something like that. So a uh, good start, very very infamous happening, and, and uh, yes. it's still incredible to think about to uh, to this day. Yeah, and just to, it only missed two plays. You know, he didn't. It wasn't like this lasted a quarter. But just the fact <laughs> that 
just, just the fact that it went on for as long as it went on and sort of set the tone for the for the whole game and you get the the bills were completely mistake prone in that game uh, Jim Kelly threw four interceptions uh, and not that the Redskins were really doing much better uh, there were a lot of turnovers in that game but just what a mess and that became that that missing helmet has sort of become synonymous with just the the failure that was the Bills in those four Super Bowls, and which is really a shame because those were really good Bills teams. I, we've we've talked about that many times on this show how good the Buffalo Bills really were. The fact that you even got to four Super Bowls in a row should be something that you should be like, wow, has anybody else done that? Whether you won or lost, I, I don't, don't believe so. I don't believe so. So to even get there four straight times is is just hard enough. And the ways that they got there, and we had the the you know, the greatest comeback uh, that that Frank Reich comeback against Houston um, sprinkled in there to get them back into one of these to help out. Um, things should have gone much better for the Buffalo Bills. It all started with White Wright, you know, the the the, the avatar for our uh, podcast and our uh, blog for many years uh, before being. Uh, replaced by Russell Wilson <laughs> running off the field in a very similar, uh, a very similar emotion uh, after throwing the interception in the Super Bowl to end the Super Bowl. But yeah, the, the Buffalo Bills will never get the love that they deserve because they went four straight times, and you know they, it's a punchline. They really are, and and they probably at the time were telling each other, "Hey, look, man, we." We got the four straight Super Bowls. That's that's a hell of an achievement. Everyone's calling us losers, and everyone's thinking this and that. But look, over time, we're gonna be known as the guys that got the four straight Super Bowls. That's gonna mean something. That's really gonna be, no, no. You're, you're still the guys that lost four straight Super Bowls, and, and that's pretty much how you're gonna be remembered. Yeah, and there are Hall of Famers. You know, there are Hall of Famers sprinkled on those teams, but it, it ends up feeling quite empty. Yeah, yeah, you're you're right. I think Bruce Smith would give a give back the Hall of Fame uh, if he could yeah. win one of those Super Bowls. Yes, Jim Kelly, Bruce Smith, all those guys, all of it for for one win. They would have yeah. been happy going once and winning once versus going over four. Uh, yeah, Thurman Thomas finished the game, fourteen carries for forty yards. Oof, not good. You, you don't That's need your helmet to do that. No. Ah, well. Moving on, we're going to go and have a, a dual entry here. We're going to have a, a tag team combo. If that piqued your interest, uh, we're going to have two for the price of one. We always, you know, last, uh, last time I went around, we had a father-son combo. That was fun. But once you uh, realize the tag team combo that I have entered and the association of what these gentlemen have given us in professional football, <laughs> you will understand they could only go in together and they're officials. I'm going to give you side judge Lance Easley and back judge Derek Roan Dunn. They are famous for or infamous for ending the replacement refs. That's very infamous. Oof, those guys. 
anyone who remembers or has ever seen a picture, the frozen image of the side judge Lance Easley and his cohort, back judge Derek Roan Dunn, one with his arms up signaling a touchdown and the other one waving off, calling timeout as if an interception had just been thrown, will understand why these two men are in. These were the two gentlemen who presided over the fail Mary at the immaculate interception or whatever you want to call it. But this was, you know, the, the bridge too far, the, the straw that broke the camel's back. This was the end of the replacement officials. Nursing a 12 to seven lead, the Green Bay Packers were on the road in Seattle when Russell Wilson did one of his Russell Wilson things and ran around evading a rush as time expired and threw up a really, really weak lob into the back of the end zone to end the game that would have been a Hail Mary. And as almost him, all Hail Marys go, this ball should have been knocked down. But for whatever reason, Packers safety, M.D. Jennings, decided to go up and try to intercept the ball. What was even more stunning was that he went up and tried to intercept the ball after being blatantly shoved by Golden Tate. He was able to re- uh, Jennings was able to recover and jump up and attempted and looked like he actually made the interception. Tate then wrapped him up as they both fell to the ground. Enter our two officials. One official runs in, signals touchdown, even though M.D. Jennings was clearly cradling the ball against his stomach while Golden Tate hugged him. And the back judge started signaling timeout as if he was about to call an interception. Confusion reigned in the booth. Uh, we had John Gruden and Mike Tirico had no clue what was going on. Apparently, the officials on the field, who were by this point, you know, were the replacement refs for the actual NFL officials, also had no clue what, no clue what was going on. It ended up going to replay, and even though everybody on their couch at the stadium, the players, the fans, everybody knew that the ball was clearly intercepted by N.D. Jennings. The refs and the replay officials let the play stand. It was, an inter- it was a touchdown call for Golden Tate. Pete Carroll did his infamous woo as he ran off the field, and Golden Tate acted like he had just won the Super Bowl. <laughs> Crazy as it was, these guys made us appreciate real NFL officials. Which, which is probably the hardest thing that you can do is make NFL officiating look competent. But in what had been a, a couple of weeks of, you know, maybe, kind of, maybe, let's give these guys a break kind of bad calls. It's like they're not that much worse than what we would normally get. This was the end of the replacement officials because now we had had a game with a final score that was dictated by nothing other than the ineptitude and stupidity of the replacement officials and these two gentlemen and that image just seared into your brain of one guy signaling touchdown and the other guy with his arms crossed over his head, waving it off became sort of the rallying cry for fans everywhere to finally get the actual zebras back. That image is, uh, needs to be right there uh, front and center for that particular exhibit because that is indeed seared into my brain of one referee so sure that he's got a touchdown at the other at the same time the other ref so sure that he's got a touchback because it's an interception and it's like really that this is what we're this is what we're doing this is where we've arrived and those of you who lived through those you, you football fans who had to live through the replacement refs coming on uh when the uh, actual reps uh, went on strike to begin that season, 
It, it was just a comedy of errors every week. It got worse and worse and worse. Just uh, however much complaining that we tended to do about the regular real officials, these replacements were, of course, worse because they're replacements. Of course, they're going to be worse, but it it, it just it was it was an avalanche going downhill that just got the the calls got worse and worse the the moments got bigger and bigger and that was as you said the 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 straw that broke the camel's back uh that particular one on, on in in full display on Monday night football for the whole world to see just how shitty these replacement refs are and just botching a call beyond all belief and and yeah that's uh, extremely infamous those two guys will forever be known as those two referees standing there looking at each other, having two completely different opinions of the exact same play that they're looking at right in front of their eyes. Uh, however much you complain about the real refs, you never see anything like that. They know to one might defer to the other, wait till the other one has something to say or with some eye contact or with something, they'll let each other know, Hey, we're, we're going to be on the same page here. We're going to, make this particular call, or we're just going to get together and talk about it, which is also uh, infuriating. But at least they don't just go run in and say, I know what happened. This happened. And the other guy on the other side going, I know what happened. That happened. No, it, it can't be both. One or the other. Uh, and, and just a perfect example of, of guys who didn't know what the hell they were doing at their job, running in so sure of themselves and making the, the terrible, terrible Mistake on uh, that called the fail Mary has its own Wikipedia page. The fail Mary is worldwide known for all football fans as the, just the nadir of of a thing uh, for the NFL. So uh, a great call out of you on that one. Yeah, and what was even more amazing was it went to replay where everybody could see that it was clearly an intercepted ball. I don't believe anybody has ever watched that play, especially when it slowed down and you had multiple angles of that. There was no spot ever that there was simultaneous possession. <laughs> Basically, you had MD Jennings completely cradling the ball, you know, and against himself, arms completely around it, and then Golden Tate with his arms around him, and apparently catching the interceptor. <laughs> now now qualifies as a touchdown catch. So if you know if the guy goes up to get the interception, just just grab him. All you got to do is run underneath and catch him as he comes down. Yeah, and that 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 counts. And that, I got that's now, that that's now a touchdown pass. So when you had they had the chance to let these guys off the hook, and by not helping those guys get off the hook and letting that just sit out there for all eternity, it, it made it even worse. And we had the replay. This 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 isn't even your you know, this isn't your Armando Galarraga and Jim Joyce, right? Where <laughs> well, yeah, he, he actually went to the booth. They you know, he just blew it and he knew he blew it and you know, and then the emotion of everything after that sorta was what won the day, but the bad call still stood where instant replay would have immediately over overturned that. No, in this case they had the replay. And they still botched it. And uh, you know, as much as we make fun of Murga, uh, he, he was he was right on the spot on that one. Uh, he had no doubts in his mind um, at all, and uh, it didn't sit well with the players. Of course, it sat well with the Seahawks players. Golden Tate, uh, I caught that ball. 
<laughs> yeah, I, I added the whole way. Yeah, yeah, he was very shocking. Very entertaining shocking. This was this predated, I believe, me giving out the Antonio Brown, um, the uh, the the Grammy, <laughs> because Golden Tate would have won it for that year. Yes, for best acting. The best acting was Golden Tate in the uh, post game press conference, acting like, "Yeah, I caught that ball." And also, don't forget, you mentioned already, but it uh, needs mentioning again. Uh, it's front and, and center on the fail Mary on the Wikipedia about fail Mary that please do not forget in the middle of all this, Golden Tate shoved the hell out of Sam Shields yes. with both hands <laughs> and should have been offensive pass yes. interference to negate the touchdown. And I, I did, now yes. with, and that would be reviewable now. Exactly. Now with this year, that's going to be reviewable. I was about to say that. Yeah, so I I did uh, I I did uh, I had my defender wrong, but yes he did uh, he did shove completely shove the safety, uh, the quarterback on that play. So the guy covering him ends up basically getting shoved to the turf. The safety <laughs> ends up coming over, makes the amazing play, and still gets no credit. Just pushed the hell out of him, which yeah. to his you know in his defense happens on every hail mary anyway. But yes, just. It just added to the egregiousness of this play. So that's extremely, uh, extremely infamous. Yeah. The fact that he cheated and didn't actually catch the ball. <laughs> we're still waiting for him to catch the ball. Just like we're still waiting for Matt <laughs> Holiday to touch home plate. <laughs> that might be another Hall of Infamy in Doug. <laughs> so there you go. A uh, couple, a couple of moments. It's like you know, some of these. I, I hate to say it. Sometimes it feels like when we're doing this that we just we're checking things off the list. I mean, it's just you know, that's it's, what it's supposed to be. How many? You know, we, you know, Thurman Thomas is missing helmet. Just the fact that it's been you know our, our <laughs> ninth or tenth time going around doing this. We've got somewhere near fifty entries in the Hall of Infamy for football now. It, it deserves to be in. I mean, if you're going to have inanimate objects. You got to have Thurman Thomas's helmet, and you could not. We couldn't go too many years without, without the fail Mary. Granted that, and, and this was seven years ago. Yeah, yeah time flies. <laughs> yeah, and there were so, and there, you know, and there were aspects of the fail Mary that you could have put in. We could have put in Golden Tate, but no, I think nothing encapsulated that play more than the two dudes standing there, frozen in history. One guy signaling touchdown, and the other guy signaling timeout for the interception so for that we're actually going to have to put a, a name to those faces and now those two gentlemen are forever enshrined lance easley and Derek roan dunn get their spot in the hall of infamy they probably well deserved sell insurance for all we know but right yeah <laughs> this is probably the only place they'll ever get recognized a couple of car salesmen out there going, oh, why'd you bring up our names again? Oh, yeah. my God. Yeah. So we started off in 1992. We just visited 19 – I'm sorry. We just visited 2012 for this third entry. I guess this is going to have to fall into the class uh, ESPN Instant Classic category. Oh. We're going back to last season. Wow. Already. Yeah. This is This is Instant Classic territory. It was Hall of Infamy worthy when it happened. This one doesn't need any breathing room. We're going back to halftime of week two. Welcome to the <laughs> Hall of Infamy, Vontae Davis. <laughs> this one didn't need much shelf life. What's Vontae Davis infamous for? He took his ball and he went home. Literally, at <laughs> halftime, 
of an NFL game. I for thirty plus years that you and I have been watching, commenting on, or enjoying the sports of or football, baseball, basketball, anything. How many times have we joked about Vontae du- Davis doing exactly what he did at the moment that he did, which was just realize I I can't do this anymore, and then just up and quit at halftime of a game. Vontae Davis, a long-tenured cornerback and safety, many years with the Indianapolis Colts and then finally with the Buffalo Bills, in week two last year against the San Diego Chargers just was not having a good day. Phil Rivers and the San Diego Chargers were putting a whooping on the Buffalo Bills, and in many of the passing highlights from that game, you'll see the big old 22 of Vontae Davis' back as he's very late on touchdown receptions, Melvin Gordon flare passes out of the backfield and just general coverage is in, in general, just not in the area at all that he's supposed to be in. And he just did not have it. All of this culminated with a 28 to six chargers lead at halftime and Melvin Gordon, I'm sorry, Vontae Davis had just done plum had enough in the statement he released and which I will not read the entire thing, which he released after his decision to retire. And it came out shockingly quickly after his decision to retire. I mean, within hours, it was almost like it was a pre-planned thing. Vontae Davis had decided to, here's what he says. This isn't how I pictured retiring from the NFL. Today on the field, reality hit me hard and fast. I shouldn't be out here anymore. That's just, I mean, and then he's also got, you know, all about, you know, my, should I keep sacrificing and my family and I've been doing this for so long, but really I, I don't know if I should be laughing at him or if I should be praising him, you know, does, is this a moment of cowardice or a moment of courage? And it's, it, it, it's going to keep going back and forth. I think every time that we ever talk about this, this is a guy who realized he just, for whatever reason, yeah, he was playing for an absolute terrible team and a terrible franchise, and he was out there just getting torched and watching that terrible putrid defense of the Buffalo Bills just completely torched by Phillip Rivers and and the San Diego Chargers. Well, wait a minute. Los An- <laughs> Angeles? Yes, last year it would have been Los Angeles Chargers, so we're going to go with that. And he had had enough. He said, screw you guys, I am going home. Screw you guys, I'm going home. Nobody wore it better than Vontae Davis. Yeah, we we have talked about that over the years, that somebody just up and, and quitting at halftime because they're getting their asses kicked so bad. And he did it. He actually did it. Uh, I was certainly going to induct him at some point if you didn't, so that's definitely uh, on the list. Yeah, you you – just up and, and quit on your team. Like I, I know I gave him some sort of postseason award, the Eric Cartman award uh, after that. That's so right. We, I think that might be the first to get uh, one of our year end awards and then also into the hall of infamy uh, at the same time. So that's, that's quite the achievement, but you earn it when you quit on your team like that at halftime of a game, you just take your clothes and put them on and say, you know, I, I'm, I'm a fan now. I know I came on the team bus and I had a uniform and I had a number and all that. Uh, I, I'm no longer on the team. I'm, I'm going to be sitting here in the stands watching the rest of you guys. You guys go out there and have fun in, in the second half. Please sit there watching and, and, and ordering a beer. Uh, when, when you pull a stunt like that, you, you've earned it. You've earned the award and the, uh, 
induction into the Hall of Infamy. Uh, the, the, the bust of him uh, in our Hall of Infamy will not be his face. It'll be his back because that's back. Kim <laughs> That's what everyone saw it sees. It's his name and the- his back and him the- walking out the door. The first uh, guy who's Hall of Fame. The first guy ever whose Hall of Fame bust is the back of his head. Yes, the, the back of like his that. helmet was underneath it as he's as he's leaving and telling everybody, you know what, I, I've just about had this. Screw you guys, I'm going home. Yeah, very yeah. very infamous induction. <laughs> Instant classic. I mean that there's, there's that doesn't that doesn't need any time to ferment. No. <laughs> No, that no, you no, you're right about that. It, it sure doesn't. Now, the I, only thing is that you you talked about uh, in the last show. You talked about Bill Buckner being the best athlete in our Hall of Infamy, and that's still probably true. But the the sort of downside of of Vontae Davis doing that, do to, doing that to his own legacy, is the fact that he was a damn good cornerback. He had. I don't good. think he's. I don't know if he's going to get anywhere near the real Hall of Fame, but he was a hell of a cover, a cover cornerback for a, about a good decade in the NFL. And yet, when you think about him, they're not going to think about how good a cover corner he was. They're going to think about the fact that he got up in the middle of the game and said, fuck all y'all, I'm out of here. Yeah, he sure won't get there now. You don't do that. <laughs> After pulling a stunt like that, no, I don't think so. The, uh, the the NFL.com article with regards to it has a great quote here from uh, Bills linebacker Lorenzo Alexander, former, at this moment, former teammate of Vontae Davis. <laughs> uh, right after the game, he goes full on Mike Singletary here. And I quote, never had seen it ever. Pop Warner, high school, college, pros, never heard of it. Never seen it. <laughs> so... When you think about cannot all the times – Cannot win with him. Cannot coach with him. Can't do it. Uh, Lorenzo Alexander has himself a future in coaching. <laughs> uh, just keep your pants up. If you're gonna, yeah. you, you can imitate Mike Singletary all you want, but just keep your pants on. That's all I suggest. Yeah. Did, not, did not quit over health or concussions or just – decided that I, I'm, I'm just out on the field and the epiphany hit him that I just, what, what am I doing here? Now the third uh, Vontae Davis reference on Google, the third down is Vontae Davis retires. That's his legacy now. That's, that's what he's yeah. known for. He, he, he was, just, he was literally, he, he found himself living the, uh, the, the talking head song, you know, how did I get here? <laughs> Oh boy! So yeah, very, uh, very infamous induction there. Yeah. So, ah, rolling right along here, uh, we are going to now induct our first ever superhero Ooh. into the Hall of Infamy because Bruce Wayne had Batman. And Clark Kent had Superman, right? Tony Stark had Iron Man. Bruce Banner had the Hulk. And the list can go on mm-hmm. and on. Michael Vick had Ron Mexico. <laughs> While the player himself will probably eventually someday get into uh, the Hall of Infamy on his own merits, we're going to put in the alter ego the secret identity 
uh, and ve- our very first NFL superhero, Ron Mexico. <laughs> Ron Mexico was so infamous, in fact, that he actually got the NFL to no longer allow his name to be purchased by fans to be placed on the backs <laughs> of their jerseys. Ron Mexico was the Lord Voldemort of the NFL. After the news broke, after Michael Vick was sued by a uh, 26-year-old healthcare worker named Sonia Elliott that he gave her herpes, it all comes to find out that Michael Vick allegedly did in fact have herpes and had been checking himself into clinics and using the alias of Ron Mexico for his testing and treatment of said herpes. Michael Vick had a rough go of it with the media in years to come as well. Uh, after being, you know, the bad news kennel situation and being banished from the league, and I'm sure that story will all be told and enshrined. And this might be the first player to go into the Hall of Infamy twice, because we're not putting in Michael Vick. We're putting in his famed alter ego of Ron Mexico. And just the fact that the NFL, who caught wind of this, who is nothing about, you know, they are about nothing but money and PR, all of a sudden started to see that Ron Mexico jerseys were the number one selling jersey at the time after this happened, that Mexico jerseys and T-shirts were starting to crop up all over the place. The NFL quickly jumped in and banned the name Mexico from being put on the back of custom jerseys. Ah. <sighs> Michael Vick is just the gift that keeps on giving when it comes to the Hall of Infamy, as I have a, sus- a suspicion that this isn't the last time that we will hear his name or his talents uh, or the things that he's associated with or doing. But I figured if we're going to put someone in the Hall of Infamy, it might as well be our own very first superhero. Uh, Michael Vick with herpes being the gift that keeps on giving. I, I see what you did there. Hey, hey! Um, yeah, uh, this is uh, someone who made it to the UrbanDictionary.com with the the whole Ron Mexico thing. This is like very famous for the the underground football fan and and people sort of laughing at the the misfortunes and the crazy starstruck career of Michael Vig. This is a, a a prominent chapter in that because it's like, what what are you doing? Why are you doing that? And and why are you using such a stupid uh, uh, pseudonym. Uh, there were websites I remember at the time spun off from that that would be random name generators. Like you put your real name in and it would spit out a, a, another first name and a country just randomly, like uh, Jeff Nigeria or something like that. That would be a, a pseudonym <laughs> that would The Mike Vick STD name generator. <laughs> What Pretty much, yes. Ah, uh, I'm nice. looking at the. Uh, I'm looking at Ron I'm Mexico. Dubai. On... That's my name now. <laughs> I'm looking up uh, some of the Ron Mexico stuff on Google now. There's a an, an awesome uh, fake movie poster uh, concerning that uh, Michael Vick uh, looking like uh, 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 the the character in uh, in Anchorman uh, dressed up with the wig and the, and the jacket and all that uh, starring in his own movie, Canker Man. They bring you the herpes so you don't have to get it yourself. Uh, and that would be... 
Ron Mexico jerseys were indeed being sold all over the place, and I believe you may even have something similar to that, or, or not a jersey, but maybe a, a T-shirt with his name on it that somebody may have uh, given you as a gag gift for your 30th birthday. You did. I do remember that. Uh, it was a picture of uh, Michael Vick with a sombrero on, wearing some, some shades <laughs> with Mexico on the back with the number seven, so... Somebody was able to still uh, get their hands on some of that unofficial gear, but uh, you got to love the NFL by banning the sale. You know, the NFL, who loves money more than more than anything, hates bad publicity apparently even more. They also hate uh, gay people because if you remember the cornerback whose last name was Gay, you couldn't buy his jersey either because there's oh, too many right. people buying gay out there. <laughs> that's it. <laughs> oh yes, so there you go. There you have it, Ron Mexico, the alter ego, the, the uh, alternate persona of one Michael Vick makes his way into the, the Hall of Infamy. Uh, our first Michael Vick sighting, shockingly. Oh, yeah, there's, there's yeah, I, I'm surprised, too, with the, with the bad news kennels and all that stuff. Yeah, there's, mm-hmm. there's a lot more to, there's a lot more to mine there, but. Yeah, that, that's a that's a good first uh, entry there. Uh, it's a bird, yeah, it's a plane, it's our Ron Mexico. <laughs> Testing the water, dipping the toe in the pool of the of the Michael Vick uh, saga because there, there's there's layers to this. Right? You know, Michael Vick can have his own. He, he's obviously clearly in the crime and punishment wing, but uh, for uh, for this for this one, a uh, little bit little bit more little bit more on the comical side. Although we're not trying to make light of you know herpes or any of that, but. Uh, this had nowhere near the the impact, uh, let's say, of what would come later down the road for him. No, <laughs> just a little comical footnote. Ah, <sighs> all right, four down, one to go. Oh, I hear, I hear my, my I think, uh, cute factor. I hear her downstairs talking to my Uh-oh. wife. She just got, she was out at the movies tonight with one of her friends. So oh. She's starting to, starting to get to that age, you know, that. Yeah. Yeah. Kids can, they can go out to the movies. She's, she's they're, they're getting big, you know, they both go back to school here in a few weeks. It's going to be pretty, pretty lonely around here. Now I could, sounds like I heard some, some happy time downstairs. Sounds like everybody had a good time. That's good. Ah, which leads me to the – this has no tie-in at all, so no segue here to the fifth and final entry into the 2019 Hall of Infamy. This is definitely going to go into the multimedia wing of the Hall of Infamy. We are going to get our first ever movie in the Hall of Infamy. All right, a whole movie. A movie. Or should I say 37 seconds of a movie? And wouldn't you know it, because it's the Hall of Infamy, it's porn. <laughs> Uh-oh. Welcome to the Hall of Infamy, Wild Cherries 5. We're going to jump back in time here to February 1st, 2009. Super Bowl 43. What a perfect time to induct a porno into the Hall of Infamy. Larry Fitzgerald had just sped away from the Pittsburgh Steelers on a long Kurt Warner touchdown bomb to give the Arizona Cardinals the lead late 
in the Super Bowl, and for a small subset of fans in the oh no, <laughs> hello, <laughs> it's probably not a good moment for you to be here right so now. Can I say hi? Sure, you can say hi. Who do you think it is? Hello. <laughs> hi, Tranny. I heard you went. I heard you went to the movies tonight. Yep. What'd you see? The Lion King. Oh, okay. Did you like it? Yeah. Good. Goodbye. <laughs> hey, bye bye. That wasn't awkward. Of all the entries. Oh, man. You know, I was purposely doing this one last because uh-huh. I was assuming that this would be the one where, you know, all the kids are in bed or everything like that. So where were we? Oh, yes, porno. Um, <laughs> By the so, way, this is what this is what you get for jinxing me on Sunday. This has been done Sunday <laughs> night. But you jinxed me by saying that my game that I was going to be scoring was going to be rained upon, which it was, delaying the start of the game by three hours. And that's why we have to do the show Tuesday night. So it's all your fault anyway. So you deserve it. So for folks in the area, Phoenix area who were watching the Super Bowl and had just seen their hometown hero, Larry Fitzgerald, and soon-to-be Hall of Famer, catch a touchdown pass on a long bomb from Kurt Warner, another Hall of Famer, they're all in jubilation. And then right as soon as they're watching the touchdown celebration, Speaking it, of cuts jubilation. It's, it cuts away to a, a scene of a man sitting on a couch. And a girl sitting next to him. And they appear to be having fun together. And then all of a sudden, wouldn't you know, we get some full frontal. (laughs) And and it lasted for what had to be an eternity of 37 seconds. And the Super Bowl for those folks and their families and everybody who is just cheering and, oh, was probably never the same. The cable company Comcast ended up paying ten thousand dollars. Oh, I'm sorry. Yes, they believe they ended up paying ten dollars. Oh yeah, they didn't end up paying a lot, but they basically paid an eight hundred thousand dollar fine. They have to give everybody a credit on their bill. Isn't that nice? Not ten thousand. Ah. Eight hundred thousand dollars in fines. So everybody got a credit on their bill, and all of a sudden we've got. Uh, Ah, Wild Cherries 5 showing up during the middle of the uh, Super Bowl. How does it get? How does it get? Yeah, I mean, see, I don't forget. <laughs> how does it get any better than that? So it turns out that a disgruntled former Comcast employee was able to pirate the feed and we got our mini version of Captain Midnight and the infamous WGN Max Headroom saga. If you've ever uh, researched either one of those, those are both available on YouTube as some of the more famous TV hacks of all time. This one's not going to show up on YouTube as much, probably because of the, you know, the, you know, full frontal nudity, full, full frontal male nudity <laughs> that it, in, in that it also brought along for the ride there. And uh, I can only imagine all of the employees at the station, everybody just hair on fire as this is all going down during it's going down <laughs> uh, during the uh, during the actual during the Super Bowl. And it did come back obviously with 
quite enough time left to, to catch the Pittsburgh Steelers, eventually win the game and uh, steal that victory late. But boy, is that bad. So here's the ultimate irony is Comcast got their feed from a neighboring cable company. And I'll give you one word, the name, uh, one guess at the word of that cable company. Oh, boy. (laughs) What could that possibly be? Cox. (laughs) (laughs) And there you have it, folks. The 2019 (laughs) Hall of Infamy. Of course it was Cox. (laughs) What else could it possibly be? (laughs) Writes itself, folks. So you're saying instead of uh, Max Headroom, they basically were looking at Max Head. Yes, uh, Deadspin does have the frame-by-frame or shot-by-shot breakdown of the scene, if you would like to see it. It <laughs> does show everything. Um, there are, you know, so when I do post the... Uh, when I do post the uh, Hall of Infamy here, and in, you know, in the in, in the not too distant future, uh, probably as, once the kids are gone back to school, I'm pretty busy here with birthday party planning this week. But uh, I'll definitely have the appropriate links to um, all all of these. But this one definitely falls into the audio visual uh, portion. <laughs> of the Hall of Infamy, and uh, we get our first ever movie, and I couldn't think of anyone more fitting uh, than this little little quick moment in history. It only happened in a small percentage of the market in the Phoenix area, of course, right where they were watching, you know, where anybody, everybody was watching the Super Bowl because of, uh, because of the fact that it was the uh, Arizona Cardinals that were representing but just the fact that that was a thing, and I remember that being on the news, and that's one of those things, and it's always kind of stuck with me. And then uh, I had that on the list, actually, already two years ago, um, as soon as I started making my list for the next one, that it, this one, this has got to get in. Yeah, yeah, I, I had forgotten about it altogether. But, yeah, and if I was living in, of course, the Arizona area, I would, of course, remember it because I would have seen it, and it would have been – to me, just as infamous as another possible future Hall of uh, Infamy entrant, Jess, uh, or Jesse, Janet Jackson, and her uh, uh, infamous nip slip uh, that I almost called Jesse because that's how late it is right now. Uh, but, but yeah, I, I, I do uh, remember that the man who, the disgruntled employee, uh, should get his 15 seconds of fame as well. His name was Frank Tenori Gonzalez, mm-hmm. uh, who, who hacked into the feed and and made himself uh infamous and made uh, that particular porno movie infamous there's interviews with the uh the people in the porn clip if you want to find those uh, there's there's all sorts of people getting famous and talked about because of this uh particular story the the story of how the super bowl got hacked with porn that it's it's out there you, if you want to search and find the the story about it and 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 look up a little more a little more news about it the stories are certainly out there but uh yeah extremely infamous in a in a very fitting way to to end this year's induction ceremony uh with the super bowl that got cut in by porn uh, which unfortunately the induction got cut in by your daughter, and and that was definitely not planned by you, I'm sure. 
<laughs> that was almost like reverse of what happened, right? I mean, you're watching the Super Bowl, which would should be this like family friendly, kind of wholesome. You know, it's the Super Bowl, it's like an American holiday, and here comes porn, and here's me right. talking about porn, and here comes the cute factor <laughs> right into the middle. So it's almost like life imitating art. It is. It's very meta. I, so almost like feels like I could have planned that out. Like here I am. I, I purposely planned this one to be the last one because it would have been right at about the 10 o'clock hour or 11 o'clock hour, depending on, but wouldn't you know what my daughter, gets, you know, she's going to a movie. <laughs> and yeah, it was a, it was uh 80,000 customers. So eight, that's not an insignificant number of people. No, it's not. Uh, uh, yeah. Like possibly said, $10 uh, each. Yes, and they all got a $10 credit on their bill, so it ended up costing Comcast an $800,000 bill uh, for 37 seconds of piracy by our buddy Frank Tenori Gonzalez. I guess we can't put the movie in without him, uh, the perpetrator of the uh, of the event. It was two years before they actually tracked him down, the FBI. The FBI is really, uh, you know, <laughs> those, those two sharp years. Moves. Yeah, Two they're, they're really took them to find this guy. Um, <laughs> but I, I just, I just knew when I was researching this that I had to end on the fact that the name of the cable company that had <laughs> was was sending them bandwidth was Cox, because of course it's Cox. Of course. <laughs> yeah, that was like uh, the IMLD inception there, the the entry within the entry with the family friendly being interrupted by porn and the porn entry getting interrupted by the family. It's oh like, yeah. Wait, oh, geez, dream within like the dream. Though. Every, every 10 seconds it has to go. <laughs> you know. And you have to wake up covered in snow. Like what, 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 what happened? Where am I? Yeah. Someone's gonna have to push me into a bathtub quick. <laughs> he won't wake up. <sighs> so to recap, we have Thurman Thomas's helmet, the fail Mary refs, Monte Davis, Ron Mexico, and Wild Cherries 5. <laughs> well, you said it. You said before we came on the air that uh, this would not be uh, – that you, you didn't tread on my territory of, of entries into the Hall of Infamy. Mine tend to go darker and more macabre and uh, focusing on some of the criminal activity because there's a lot of infamous stories about yeah. those. Uh, yours was a lot more lighthearted and and silly and uh, very funny and a very good entertaining uh, Hall of Fame induction ceremony, Hall of Infamy induction ceremony for 2019. So very well done. Yeah, I I, I needed to go a little lighter, especially after my first baseball go round, <laughs> which was was heavy on death. So yeah. It, Death and arm snapping, and yeah, I figured this time. But you know, but this time though, yeah, it, it didn't. Like I told you before the show, this one's not as full of murder and rape. But we've got we've got herpes, and we've got porno. You know, so we we still had a, we still had a little bit of everything here. Wasn't oh yeah, wasn't as wasn't as seedy or as violent as uh, some of ours, but needed a break from that, right? We just like ah, just just kind of laugh a little bit, and. uh one way or the other, we usually do end up laughing, but it's usually sort of gallows humor. This time, this time we went a little bit down the lighter pathway, but it was still, I, I thought that was five deserving entrants, uh, even notwithstanding the crime and punishment. Yes, it, they, were, they were all deserving and brought back some things I hadn't even thought about in a long, long time. So, yeah, we, we're, we're 
as we go along, we're reaching back a little more with uh, some of these football entries because the uh, football has been going on a lot longer. The Hall of Infamy for football has been going on a lot longer than the baseball. So, yeah, we're going to be reaching back more and more. But we, there's still things. There's still a lot of things. My list is, is intact. Uh, you, you didn't poach anything from me this time, although I hadn't even gotten to write Vontae Davis on my list, but I was going to, to, to put him in at some point. <laughs> yeah, I beat you to it. Yeah, definitely on that. So, no, the, another uh, entertaining uh, induction ceremony uh, into the Hall of Infamy. So, the, the, again, much more entertaining and, and uh, interesting than the actual real Hall of Fame, which I, again, didn't watch a second of. You know, I didn't either, and I didn't watch the Hall of Fame game, uh, the Atlanta-Denver game, although the news story that came out of that game was we had our first ever pass interference challenge on blatant pass interference, which I didn't understand. <laughs> so, I, yeah, that's a guy gets, you know, one of the Denver players gets flagged for, uh, for PI on defense and he clearly just kind of grabs the, like a handful of the front of the Atlanta receivers Jersey and is tugging on it for a good five or 10 yards down the field. And, you know, on top of all the hand fighting and stuff. But, yeah, when you've got a handful of jersey while the ball's in the air, pretty good chance that flag's not going to get picked up. What did you think was going to happen when you challenged something like that? Did you, oh, yeah, yeah. we'll let him get away with that. No, we don't have to call a flag yeah. on that. And, and, and if NFL coaches in general tend to be pretty fast and loose with the bad challenges. So <laughs> – putting this in their hands isn't going to make it any better. I mean, we see, we see coaches challenge stuff that just shouldn't be challenged. Like, you know, and, and this one with a judgment call where it was clearly the right judgment. Somebody needs to tell him like, uh, yeah, I don't know. That was, that was past years. I don't know how these coaches are going to make these particular uh, challenges. Like all other challenges, it's very hard for a coach to see exactly what happened because a lot of those plays are so far away from them. But especially that, pass interference where it can happen on the inside where the bodies are blocking the view of the of of the coaches and, and most of the crowd, but maybe the ref that made the call is the only one that could actually see it. Uh, I, I, it it's, just, it's not even clean and, and fast like baseball, which isn't clean and fast at all, but at least there's a system there where some – lackey in the dugout or in the clubhouse is watching the video and saying, yep, that needs to be challenged. You don't even have time for that because it's 40 seconds between plays. You don't have time for someone up in the, in the booth in, in football to look at video and send a signal down to you, the coach that says, yes, you need to challenge that. So this is going to be even worse than, than baseball and the baseball one's kind of bad. Uh, so this is, yeah, we, we said it when the rule was first installed. It's probably going to be a bit of a disaster and that it's not off to a good start. Yeah, and, you know, and I I am still of the opinion and I will always be of the opinion, you know, and I know sometimes we're a little more progressive with our thoughts on sports and sometimes we're a little bit more, you know, get off my lawn and a little bit more conservative with our views on sports or some things that we like the old fashioned way. And there's some things that we want to see the technology brought into more that we like um, the use of it more, you know, we're both firmly on hand documented much on this show about the robot hump that we need that. I want everything to be reviewable because I think that there are just as many missed calls of other varieties that you can just as easily see that 
you would be able to throw a flag on. Well, I mean, why is it just pass interference? If they're so worried because pass interference is such a game-changing call, then they need to look at the penalizing of pass interference, having it be the only spot foul. I mean, the only the only foul that you can get where you can get 50 yards, uh, maybe that needs to be looked at. I would be perfectly fine with the college defensive pass interference and just give them the 15 yards and the automatic first down. We shouldn't have teams getting a spot foul off of pass interference where in so many cases it is such a subjective call and we see teams that just, you know, Tom Brady is the master of the desperation off-target heave, hoping that the receiver will run into the defender on the way to the badly thrown pass. Yes, the off-target heave 10 yards short on purpose so that the receiver has to come back into the defender, mm-hmm. which is 100% of the time going to get called on the defender, even though it probably yes. shouldn't. Right. So, And the fact that that will go to the spot of the foul – is just that that's probably why it's so egregious that that's why I think that rule more than any other, if you want to make it more fair, you you shouldn't have games completely changing on a a random subjective judgment call like that. So I don't know if you, if you agree with me on that or if you like the spot foul, but I understand any, I understand anyone that wants to go to the college 15 yard rule. I, I don't. And the reason is because I guess I'm more afraid of the clearly toasted cornerback who is matched up with Julio Jones and just spends four <laughs> quarters yanking Julio Jones down to the ground as the ball's in the air, knowing that it's just going to be a 15-yard penalty, just over and over and over again. I'm afraid of that. That might be unrealistic to think that that would happen, but I can see it. I, I can see some badly mismatched defensive back who just his entire game plan is to get beat on a double move by Julio Jones and just yank him by the Jersey and, and pull him down before he can get free and, and get the touchdown. Yeah. So at least the, the, the spot foul, I think stops people from doing just outright doing that. Sometimes they have to do that anyway, cause they're so badly beaten. But uh, if you have it where it's just 15 yards each time, I just fear that you just get six, seven, eight calls like that uh, every game because the, the, DB, the DB doesn't feel like getting burnt for a touchdown. Yeah, and we've only had one game to digest from this. So we've got a whole other round of preseason football here starting on Thursday night. And, you know, you right. get to, yeah, and, and we'll get another go round of this. And you get to, if you watch any of those broadcasts, because once, once that all kicks in, I go real heavy. I watch a lot of NFL Network because they replay almost all of the preseason games. Yeah, if you want to stay up all hours of the night, I think eventually they get around to yeah. every single preseason game yeah. uh, during the week. So during the week, up until their primetime shows all sort of begin, you're getting nothing but replays. So you get to, you do get the chance, and that used to be very important for me from a fantasy standpoint. I'd always be looking for those those sleepers, but it also, you know, it's starting to be, boy, player movement trying to get a feeling on teams, injuries, you know, you're trying to get, I'm, tr- mm-hmm. I'm always trying to get a sense of uh, ones on ones. I, I really don't care about finals in preseason games. I'm more interested in, you know, you know, in the first week, maybe what's the first quarter score by the second and third week, maybe what's the halftime score by the fourth week. Nobody cares. So it really just becomes more of a, you know, a, a test of, okay, how are the ones doing against the other ones? That game, that game that Atlanta played against Denver, the Atlanta inactive list was basically the starting 22. <laughs> it was a joke. 
nobody played in that game. It, I didn't care about the totals. I didn't care about the score. I didn't care about the final. Um, I wasn't really looking for it. It was basically those were just dudes wearing Falcons and Broncos jerseys, yeah. having a yeah, having 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 a friendly. Having a scrimmage in front of cameras. Yeah. So you know we'll st- we'll start to get into some some real meat and potatoes here of the uh, preseason schedule, and we'll start to we'll start to get a sense of things. And I'll actually start thinking about football again. Because yeah, this is this is this is sort of our you know after the Hall of Fame it's sort of our this is we got maybe one more show after this I would guess and then we'll have football. It'll be time to make our previews. Yeah, yeah. I'm, I'm thinking last year did we do it over two nights? Yeah, uh, I can't remember, but yeah, I one of those. We- did. Recently, we did it all in like one show, just trying to save some time. I don't know how we're gonna decide to do it this time, but yeah, well, we'll figure I just it know out. Whatever, we whatever we decide to do, we'll break down the last three divisions <laughs> in four and a half minutes. I think I'm bright enough to make the if if we do the preview show, if we do them both, we'll, I'll make it a two hour live show, and and we'll make sure to. <laughs> get everything in uh, in, pl- in plenty of time. At least we'll aim for that. that that's always the aim. Yeah, because yeah, we have, uh, was it Bears and Packers on the Thursday after Labor Day, uh, I believe, kicking off the season this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm definitely looking forward to that. Yeah, that goes back to uh, a, a week one, was that a Sunday night game last year? Was that the it was Aaron Rodgers-Willis-Reed game? It was. I thought he was yeah. done for the year, and oh wait, we all, yeah, we all. Not only is he better, he's, he's he's leading him all the way back to a win. I remember, like, I was sitting, oh my I was god, sitting on the couch, I was sitting on my couch watching that game with my wife, and she's like, well, "What do you think's wrong with him?" After they carted him off the field and and all of that, and she's like, "What do you think's wrong with him?" I'm like, I don't know, but it ends in CL. <laughs> I'm not sure what's wrong with him, but I'm guessing he's hurt. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> that that would have been yeah. my. Yeah. Would have been what I said. Yeah, yeah no, he, I'm, I'm with you. I, I thought he I, severely damaged something. And actually, I believe we're both right. I think he really did severely oh, damage yes. something. He just gutted through and somehow uh, played the rest of the season with it uh, not anywhere near 100%, whatever it was. Yeah, but. I remember being at that game, uh, that next game. Was that tie when I was at that oh, game yeah, when the they Falcons. played the Vikings? Uh, they played the Vikings. Vikings. Yeah, they played the Vikings at Lambeau in that crazy twenty-nine twenty-nine tie, I believe it was. Okay. Um, and he had the like giant knee brace on, and but he was he was still kind of hopping around out there every once in a while. I think just to show that he could, he he'd, he'd go sprinting off on one of these like eight-yard runs. But I remember just the the gasp from all the fans in that stadium every time a defender got near him, because everybody oh, yeah. knew that he was about to just be done, you know, and I thought he was going off the field. I thought he was Brady Quinn done when they were rolling him off the field. I, I did too. I was, I was right there with you. I, I could not believe that he managed to come back from it. So, yeah. Now so, <laughs> and you watch a lot, a lot more preseason than, than I do. I'll watch a, an occasional game here or there, part of a game, but just sitting down and actually trying to glean something meaningful uh, out, of, out of these preseason games. I, I can't, I, I 
gave up trying to do that years ago because there's, there's nothing to gain. There's these coaches are so secretive and they think everything is, is a, a something you have to keep hidden from all these world leaders and they think everything is so important. So they don't show you really anything in these preseason games. You know, there's nothing to to figure out as far as I'm concerned. You maybe are smarter than me and you can figure out some things by watching these preseason games, but I can't get heads or tails on any of these teams from, from preseason because they're not, they don't, they don't, don't any of them seem to be doing anything out there. No, I, I really think it's more just to try to get the feel back of watching football. Right. You know, it's just sort of reacquainting yourself with the teams. And I, like I said, I think a lot of it is player movement. A lot of it during the preseason is when I realized like, oh, wow, yeah, that guy's on this team now. Or this, you know, and I mean, you can, you can research that by looking at depth charts. But it, it, there's, something, there's something about just seeing it on the field. You know, how's this going to work? What's what's that defensive backfield going to look like? What's that receiving core going to look like? You know, what, you know, how's it going to look when they when they pop it all up on the screen and they show you the starting lineup and you're like, okay, yeah, yeah, that looks good. <laughs> no, I, I, I understand that. Yeah, and uh, just and you know, maybe like I said, if you're watching a quarter, a quarter and a half of the of the starters, yeah, you're not going to be like, oh wow, ooh, those guys look really rusty. I'm not, I'm not going to pick them because. Uh, I think I think we both fully admit that week one is a week where we're picking on our expectations, and week two is the blatant overreaction to that. That's true, yeah. and I I think I hit on something last year trying to look up some of these veteran coaches and what their history is on week one, and which ones seem yeah. to have their teams prepared, and which ones don't seem to have their teams prepared, and that's to me more indicative and, and more informative trying to figure out that pattern than, than anything that they do in the preseason. Yeah, what coaches are just going to piss away week one? Uh, Sean Payton is apparently just legendary <laughs> for not having his team ready for week one because New Orleans <laughs> is, is big favorites every week in week one, and they get beat pretty regularly. Yeah, that last year, was that Ryan Fitzpatrick lighting them up in week yeah, one? Yeah, that's right. And And that's not even – something I can totally blame Sean Payton for because New Orleans put up a hell of a, an offensive day themselves. And, and I think they scored yeah. 40 and it wasn't enough. Yeah. And, and now we're starting to get into the, uh, we're starting to see all the contract issues. You know, you just had Michael Thomas got paid. He, he's, uh, you know, every guy's got to all, every guy who needs a contract has got to be the highest paid guy. Uh, uh, apparently. Except for Tom Brady. Even Tom Brady got paid. He's still not the highest paid guy. I think he's going to be okay. Yeah, he's fine. But yeah, Michael Thomas gets uh, becomes the highest paid. So Julio Jones now looking at that, going, ah, uh, okay, yeah. all right. Yeah. I and see then, what uh, you're doing over and, there. Uh, news news today is what Zeke wants to hold out now. He wants to pull Le'Veon Bell. Right. We'll see about that. And well, yeah, well, everyone of course brings up when a, a Cowboys running back holds out that Jerry Jones was right there in the middle of it the last time that happened with Emmitt Smith, who held out to start the, the whatever that season was that they started 0-2, and Jerry Jones says, okay, all right, I, I quit, I, I cry uncle, and gave Emmitt whatever, whatever he wanted, and Emmitt comes back, and the Cowboys win the Super Bowl that year. So everyone's pointing out that history, and I'm sure Jerry Jones knows that history very well, so that's what we're waiting for. We're all watching to see how long this will play out, and I think we're all – 
wondering if history is going to repeat itself where the Cowboys look like garbage and Jerry Jones uh, has to throw in the towel and give the Ezekiel whatever he wants. Uh, and I think this will finally get people on my side of thinking about the Cowboys as far as I don't think they have a franchise quarterback to really do much in the future. Right. And if Zeke Elliott is holding out for too long, they're going to find out they don't have the quarterback to, to keep up his end of the bargain and they're going to need a, a serious upgrade there. Yeah. We'll, we'll find out real. Yeah. I'm with you on that one. I don't think either one of us are, uh, neither one of us are driving the, uh, Dak Prescott bandwagon. Uh, I'll drive it off a cliff if he wants me to. <laughs> you are good at that, but I don't think either one of us are <laughs> of the opinion that, that uh, he is a, a $30 million a year franchise NFL. He'd like to think he is. Man, if Jerry Jones gives him th- – uh, Jerry Jones would get whatever he deserves if he gives Dak Prescott $30 million a year. <clears throat> Man, he choked up about it. <laughs> Every time I talk about Dak Prescott, I get all choked up, yeah. No, it's it's silly. It's just silly to to think that it's it's almost as bad as the the money that Nick Foles got from the Jaguars. But when I bring that up, you bring up to me correctly that hey, if the Jaguars had a, a representative quarterback a couple of years ago, they go to the Super Bowl. They don't have to rely on Blake Bortles. So yeah, what is it really worth to you? And I, I can't really argue that point. So, but I just don't believe Dak Prescott is even on, on that level. He's not even as good as Nick Foles as far as I'm concerned. Yeah, I believe I believe the question I posed to you was if Nick Foles starts that championship game over uh, Blake Bortles are the Jaguars in the Super Bowl and you took about a tenth of a second to just say yes. Yes. Yeah. Can't argue anything else. Yes, yes yeah. they are. Or, or if Nick Foles was starting the previous year for the Texans versus whatever oh. <laughs> bum they had starting for them there in the Super Bowl. So, yes, Nick Foles might not be the, you know, the second Brock coming. Osweiler. Yes. Nick Foles might not be the second coming or completely deserving of the amount of money, but if Jackson if Jacksonville has determined that that's their biggest weakness and even a modest upgrade with that defense, even though we trashed that defense for most of last year, then look up at the end of the year and they were what sixth in the league. They, they weren't bad. They, they in defense sometimes yeah, they played were, like they were disinterested, but it, it was not a bad defense. We just yeah, expected well, them to we, be number one. No, we trashed them a lot, but I believe they still ended up being a top ten defense in a bad year. And if they've identified the fact that Nick Foles or or the quarterback position, just getting serviceability out of the quarterback position, is worth a boatload of money. And he's the best guy that was out there in their mind. Hey, good for them. I'm, I'm not going to argue with them. So, yeah. in a division now where you got to score points, you got the Texans, you got the Colts. I mean, you've got, you know, not so much the Titans, but you got teams in that division that you're not going to beat nine to seven. Right. Other than the Titans, you could probably <laughs> beat the Titans nine to seven. Are they scheduled for Sunday or uh, for Thursday night football again? Titans. It feels like every year Titans and Jaguars are scheduled for Thursday night football. You know, yes. Yeah, so I will look it up here. Let's see the 2000. Go. Google this here. 2019. It's hard, it's hard typing. I'm in the dark right now. Let's see. 2019 TNF schedule. And sure enough, it comes right up. Thursday night football. 
Uh, I, Titans week three. Titans, uh, I am. We we need a moratorium on Titans Jaguars Thursday night football. Yeah. We we really need to. Uh, I, I've seen enough of that. I've had enough. We, yeah. we can find some other matchup. Uh, I, I will somewhere say about there the, are. There's way more quality matchups on Thursdays this year. I, mean, I know there's been the, you know, Fox is in on that now. Amazon is in on a bunch of those games now. But th- there's quality. It, this isn't just like you're looking at a lot of these matchups just going, oh, it's the worst of the worst every every week. So there are legitimately really good games uh, on the Thursday night docket this year. Uh, so. Yeah, I'm all right with that. Uh, yeah, that's a little surprising. They they really do seem to put off the the, the garbage on Thursday nights. But yeah. maybe that'll maybe that's turning around, like you said, with newer partners. They don't want to put Jets and and Forty uh, yeah. or something terrible like that on yeah. on Thursday. So you have nights. not so you have not seen the uh, schedule yet, then have you? No, I have not. All right, so here I'll, I'll give you this, and you can tell me garbage, not garbage. That's all. We're gonna play a little game here: garbage <laughs> or not garbage. Bucks Panthers. That's on the edge of garbage, isn't it? The, the Bucks are no good. The, the Panthers are middling. Okay, so that's uh, garbage. We'll, we'll we'll put that in the garbage. <laughs> okay. Titans Jaguars. We're not starting off well. Oh. <laughs> you know how I feel about that one. All right. Eagles Packers. All right, that's better. That's that's definitely marquee. That's not garbage. Okay, Rams Seahawks. That should be good. That that's that's not garbage, right? No. Now now this will probably be garbage. Giants Patriots. <laughs> <laughs> well, for the reason of uh, lack of of competitiveness, yeah. but for TV market value, that's going to be a, a big rating. That's that's two big markets. So yeah, yeah, I I can see, but I can't. I'm stunned the Patriots are on a Thursday night at all. So this has got to be an improvement, right? That is rare. I, the the last time yeah. I can remember, I I, the last time I can remember the Patriots, for some reason I want I flash back to maybe it was a two or three years ago they went down to Tampa and 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 beat okay. up on Jameis Winston a little bit. Yeah. All right, but, but yeah, we don't see them rare. often. All right, so we're going to call that not garbage, just for some intrigue. Storylines, huh? A little bit, yeah. Okay. Uh, Chiefs Broncos. Uh, not garbage. You know, it, it's middling, but it's 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 yeah. I think closer to not garbage than gar than than garbage. Yeah, division matchup. The Broncos are probably going to be trash, but it's Patrick Mahomes, right? We get to see Patrick right. Mahomes in prime time. Uh, Redskins Vikings, and be careful because there's a little oh. intrigue there. I know it's the, it's the Kirk Cousins bowl. That's right. Uh, it's that's still garbage to me. I'm sorry. Okay. <laughs> now, if that's garbage, then this is definitely garbage. <laughs> Niners Cardinals. Uh, yeah, it is garbage. It's probably the worst game on the docket. So, you know, the Janine yeah, Garoppolo love uh, still. Garoppolo is, and is Kyler Murray, for... if if they're both yeah. still upright by week nine. <laughs> I, I, Think they might be thinking that's not garbage because of of the Janine Garoppolo thing, and they're, they're thinking okay. this. Oh, this is a big comeback year for him. And okay, I, I don't know if I'm buying that. All right, uh, Chargers Raiders. Ah, 
God. <laughs> I got to go garbage on that. The, the Raiders are complete trash. By week 10, you know what that could look like by week 10? We we might be getting uh, our boy. Oh, God. <laughs> I can't even remember his name. He's so bad. The, the I, John I know. But... loved him. Mr. Peterman. No one wants to remember yeah. him because that's how Nathan terrible Peterman. he is. Yeah. Nathan Peterman will be in the Hall of Infamy someday. No uh, doubt. First the ballot as soon of as he retires. <laughs> uh, week 11, I'm going to say not garbage with uh, Steelers-Browns. No, and uh, of course the Browns fans are hoping that's going to be, you know, blockbuster first place yeah. uh, game. Which I don't know quite about that, but no, I'll, I'll say not garbage. Finally, the Browns uh, are not garbage for the first time in forever. <laughs> I'm gonna, yeah, not the Brown fever. Um, week twelve, I'm gonna say not garbage to Colts and Texans. I agree, but it's middling. But yeah, I'm on the good side. Yeah, that's a that's you a know. division where everybody's gonna finish nine and seven or ten and six, right? I mean, that's that's the, probably the most competitive division for good or bad reasons in the AFC. So anybody can win that thing. So that's a good matchup and it's late in the season. Week 14, after they skip Thanksgiving, I'm going to say not garbage to Cowboys bears. Yeah. It, it's still kind of middling to me, but not garbage. Yes. I'll agree with that. Right. That's uh, not the, a, it's not a terrible game. It's two teams that looking down the road could be decent. It could be a good game. So the Thanksgiving night game is still uh, it's still a Thursday nighter, even though it's not on NFL Network or Amazon. It's on NBC, but it's still it a is, Thursday nighter. But I'm only looking at the official Thursday night football ah, schedule. It's not a it's not a Thursday it's, night edition of Thursday night football. No, 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 because because <laughs> you know that the the game on that night is probably going to be like NBC giving us yeah. a a Sunday night edition special of yeah Thursday, Thursday night, night edition of Sunday night football <laughs> yeah. Uh, in week 15, I'm leaning garbage on Jets and Ravens. Yes. And okay. anything, anything Raiders and anything Jets, garbage. So we went not garbage more than half the time. That's an uptake. That, that's and an uptake. that's huge because the Thursday night schedule used to just be garbage, 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 garbage. Yes. If there was a game that down the road ended up not being garbage, it was accidental not garbage. Exactly right. It was teams that were better than people thought they were. That, right now, we could right. be looking at this schedule right now, and down the road, a game that we thought would be good now is going to absolutely be garbage by then, but we'll see. All depends. Get, yes. get the star quarterback hurt, and all of a sudden, the, the team season goes in right into the crapper. Yeah, so we're going go a little, you know, we get out of, we're in, this is a football-heavy show with the NFL Hall of Infamy, so it's about time we start getting back to what we do here. We're talking a little bit of football, right? That's right. <laughs> and we like to look down the road a little ways sometimes, especially uh, when especially when there's those bad matchups. Yeah, Jets and Ravens, eh, I'm not that excited about that. No, I, I'm, I'm not either. Now, the... Uh... Only other football thing in the entire month of August that might get me a little excited is the Raiders Hard Knocks episode. I believe the first yeah. one aired tonight. Okay. So that might be something that I catch up on uh, later on on HBO uh, on demand or something like that. If I, I guess if I read enough reviews on on Twitter or somewhere and it says, "Oh my God, this is a complete train wreck and dumpster fire," and you have to watch this and this and this. 
I, I, I've seen a, enough of Antonio Brown's feed. I don't need to really see too much more of that. But other than that, uh, oh, something of interest. I know. I, I don't ever. I don't ever need to see that again. Uh, but other than that, if there's something of interest uh, on Hard Knocks, I might have to check it out. And I don't ever watch Hard Knocks ever. But this one, I might have to check it out. Yeah, but we talked about this. We talked about this back when it was announced that this has to be like must-see TV, right? I mean, yeah, our I theory mean, might, is that there's even... so much there that <laughs> even with the Raiders yeah. overlooking and overseeing and saying you can't air that, you got to cut this. There's so much that they might miss. There, there's there's only so much you can cover up, you know. It's right. like the the administration. There's only yeah, so much stink you can cover up. Right. So you covered up all the really bad stuff, and everything that's left is still really bad. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Most other organizations, the stuff that they, uh, the the stuff that they cover up is what the Raiders are leaving open because they have to cover up so much right. other garbage. Like there's just so yeah. much. You know, you have five flaming bags of shit on your porch, and you can only stomp out one at a time. You know, there, no, there's still other flaming bags. It's burger. I mean, it, it that's got to be. You know, it is. It is the trade wreck. You can't take your eyes off of it. I mean, it is. It it's going to probably be. I, I if it's a boring season of of hard knocks, it's almost going to be a disappointment. Yeah, exactly. It's hard to imagine that it will be boring with with everything going on there. It's like the team is put together just to be on hard knocks. It's, it's almost like they tried to fit as many clowns under the circus tent as possible to make it interesting for for hard knocks. So, yeah, we'll we'll have to read up and check that out if it's something interesting to watch. Oh man, well we're uh, I had set this uh, when I got the chance to set it. I set it for ninety minutes. Uh, are we? Going to carry this over, or you think we're good? Uh, I don't think we have to carry it over. I think we can actually leave on the on the on the live time. All right. Well then, guess we'll see you all next time, huh? Whenever our next show is, we'll check it out. He's Jay. I'm Dre. This has been a much less detailed podcast. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Forward, prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details.